If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Well, hello there, my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 156 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but those Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on Saturday, September 24th, 2022. Well, it is Saturday for you or later when you're listening to this, whenever you happen to be listening, after it's posted on Saturday, I'm recording on Friday night. Now, if you remember what I said at the start of last week's episode, my friends, I did say that I might be away for all of this coming weekend and might have to record Yapping Yankees much earlier than usual, but I still wanted to give you an episode, so I didn't want to take the weekend off. So, this is my solution to it. Because of the time of the season it is, and me not wanting to take off because of that, I just, I really don't want to miss out on a week of content at this point of the baseball season, I just decided that the one solution to it was just record on Friday night and get it out to you on Saturday so I could still get you an episode this weekend and then go about my merry way for the rest of the weekend, and my God, do I need it, especially after today. I just got home from work about 20 minutes ago. I'm recording at 8 o'clock at night right now. The Yankee game is on on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm trying to get this crap up on my iPad so I can watch it while I tape, because I can't get it up on the TV next to me, because my TV doesn't have Apple TV+. Plus. Thanks a lot, Major League Baseball. <laughs> and I sat in about an hour and 40 minutes worth of traffic. On the way home from work, I'm not in a good mood, people, but here we are still recording Yapping Yankees. (laughs) Oh, my God. Let me take a breath after all that. My goodness. So, yeah, I am going away this weekend just for a couple of days, going out to the Hamptons. If you Long Islanders out there, anybody who might be listening to the show who is in the New York or Long Island area, you know what I'm talking about. Love the Hamptons. Going out there for a weekend and then coming back on Monday. So just... I'm not going to be around to record on Sunday and release on Sunday, Yapping Yankees. So here we are doing it on Friday night. I'm still fiddling with my freaking iPad here trying to get this up. Oh my God. Let's see here. I don't even know if it's going to be able to get it on. I really don't know. It's so annoying. Anyways, how the hell are you people? (laughs) I hope you've had a less crazy day than me. It's not really hard to accomplish that because my day has been crazy, but... My goodness. So, for me, it is Friday night, the 23rd. For you, it is Saturday, the 24th or later, depending on when you happen to be listening. But the game is going on right now. Where we stand at the moment, of course, the biggest story in Yankee land right now is Aaron Judge's chase for Roger Maris. He has already tied Babe Ruth, of course, as of the other night with his 60th home run. And now we are waiting for him to hit his 61st home run. I wasn't sure. If he was already going to have done it by the time I taped tonight, but he has not done it yet. We're still waiting on it. It is all good. Still plenty of time to do it. Still even the rest of the weekend to do it. So it is totally fine. Oh my goodness. Let's see. I'm still trying to figure this thing out on my iPad. My God, is this annoying or is it annoying? Good Lord Almighty. 
Oh my goodness. So yeah, that is the main thing that we are still focusing on. Judge's chase, of course, he has remarkably hit his 60th home run. He did so the other night against the Pirates in the ninth inning of what was my favorite game of 2022. What a freaking win it was on Tuesday, guys. And it was an incredible win on Wednesday, too, and they won 14-2. But my God, Tuesday's victory? Aaron Judge starting off the bottom of the ninth when they were down 8-4. to four. Starting off the inning with a solo shot for his 60th of the year, which then sparked the rest of the Yankee offense to inspire them to score four more runs to walk the Pirates off after a Giancarlo Grand Slam, my boy Giancarlo, closing a lot of mouths over there. Goes deep, hits a Grand Slam, all of it done without the Pirates getting a single out in the ninth inning. So Judge hits his 60th, which had a little bit of a damper on it because the Yankees were losing at the time and to a horrible team like the Pirates nonetheless. But the fact that it sparked such a remarkable walk-off just made it even better and just capitalized it to the point where, for me, it was my personal favorite game of 2022. That's just my opinion. But he now finds himself at 60. He's about to hit 130 RBIs. (laughs) And he also currently still leads in batting average by a couple of points. So as of this moment, on on Friday the 23rd, he does have the Triple Crown right now. Obviously still a bunch of games left to play, about a week and a half's worth of baseball games left. But as of right now, when I'm recording this episode, Aaron Judge is in possession of the American League Triple Crown. Whew. Or this is Triple Crown in baseball. It's really weird that I worded it like that. Just the Triple Crown. He's in possession of it, okay? My attention is elsewhere right now. I'm trying to access Apple TV. <laughs> oh my goodness, what a mess. But yes, right now they are playing against the Red Sox. The game is on as I tape right now. I wish I could just have it on my freaking TV like I do every week while I tape usually. The score is tied at one right now. Uh, Tommy Pham hit a home run in the first inning off Garrett Cole. And then I believe it was in the third inning. Yeah, the third inning. Aaron Hicks with one out in the third hit a solo shot. It's all right, Hicksy. Still got 22 more home runs until one of those 30-30s that you said you were going to get back in spring training. Don't worry, though. There's plenty of season left to play. Uh, (laughs) Right after that, Judge hit a fairly convincing fly ball to left field, but it barely even made it to the track, despite the stadium almost having a heart attack, rhyming accidentally. There you go. So it is one-to-one right now. And speaking of Aaron Judge home runs, or balls that looked like potential home runs, I should word them as, how about that one... Last night on Thursday, oh my god, (laughs) I have no idea how that ball did not get out. I believe the exit velo on it was 113 miles per hour, and not only did the camera angle from the Fox cameraman not help a single thing, but it had the sound, it had the look, and... Certainly on camera, it had the look, again, thanks to our glorious Fox cameramen doing their amazing work, just tormenting us Yankee fans, I guess, but, and then the camera panned down, and about four feet in front of the center field wall, just the real estate just ate it up, Kike Hernandez calmly made the catch right in front of the wall, killing our hopes and dreams of seeing home run number 61 last night, on Thursday, (laughs) 
I don't know how that, that that one didn't get out, man. Based on the camera angle and just the look and the sound of it, I, I thought that thing was leaving the planet. I got to be honest with you. I thought that was going out of the atmosphere. But it stayed in the park. And right now here on Friday night, we are still left waiting for number 61. It'll happen. It's just a matter of when. There's still so much time left. I believe tonight is game number, let me see, game number 150. So yeah, there's still over a dozen games left to go, including tonight. So still plenty of time left to do it. It's just a matter of where and when Judge will actually do it. So right now it's the top of the fifth. Cole's still pitching. Red Sox up at bat. But yesterday, but I should say, well, it's yesterday for me. I should say Thursday night's game for you because you're listening to this either tomorrow on Saturday or later than that. But Thursday night's walk-off victory was a lot of fun. Even after, this is after the Aaron Judge home run tease that happened that I just told you about. (laughs) But the walk-off was still a lot of fun because now you had two amazing walk-offs this week alone. The one on Tuesday that I was talking about where Aaron Judge's 60th home run sparked an unbelievable rally when the Yankees were down by four runs and they would go on to win the game after Stanton's grand slam. And then on Thursday night, for me last night, you had the walk-off in the bottom of the 10th when the Ghost Runner came home to score on Donaldson's RBI single. And that walk-off was the Yankees' 16th of the year, which is the most in Major League Baseball. That's MLB leading 16 walk-offs. And again, the second of the week. So it's been a hell of a week. They have won three times coming into tonight as I expected them to. I even said it last Sunday. They got an easy week ahead of them with the Pirates and the Red Sox, so they should, keyword being should, should have themselves a nice week. And so far, heading into tonight here on Friday when I'm taping, they're still doing a nice job, although right now they're tied at one and still have a ball game to win. As far as news throughout this past week, as I'm still looking at my iPad and still can't figure this crap out, Starting to get pissed off now. (laughs) Oh my god, I just want to watch the game. Is it really that much to ask? I guess it is that much to ask. Whatever, I'll keep tinkering with it as I talk here and there. Whatever. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, (laughs) news from this past week. Let us start on Tuesday because, again, we're not even through really the whole week since I'm taping here on Friday. And I usually tape and release the episode on Sunday. The whole deal. Do it all on Sunday. So, we'll do it from when we spoke last Sunday up to now, here on Friday. We begin on Tuesday. Now, if you remember on Sunday, one of the things we spoke about in episode 155, and we spoke last, was the news that something was going on with Frankie Montes's shoulder, and he had went for an MRI. The Yankees had apparently gotten the results back, but they had not revealed publicly what they were and what their plan of attack was was with Montes regarding it. Well, they did release it officially on Tuesday, and they did say that the MRI results revealed no major damage for Montes, which is good. He's expected to not be out that long, but they still placed him on the 15-day IL, but it was retroactive to the 17th, which as of tomorrow is already a week later. So as of tomorrow, he'll have about a week or so left until he can be reactivated, which is obviously hugging playoff time. And who knows what his role is going to be. I mean, that could really... I don't know. I I imagine they're going to still try to use him in the rotation, but between how untrustworthy he's proven to be in his time as a Yankee, and because he'll have missed a couple of weeks, and... (sighs) 
heading up to playoff time, being reactivated right before that. I don't know. They might just go with, I don't know. They could stick him in the rotation and have him be a part of the rotational foreman for the playoffs. Or they could just have the rotation, I guess, be like Cole, Seve, Cortez, or Cortez and then Seve and then Tyone, I guess. That could be the plan of attack. Or maybe you, you slide Herman into there, but I imagine they want to maybe use Herman for long relief in the playoffs. I think that would be a really good role for him. But especially because lately, some people's trust has been shaken in Schmidt. Clark Schmidt, he's had a couple of rough outings, including last night on Thursday. Gave up, had a really ugly inning in the seventh against the Red Sox. Against the bad part of the lineup, no less. Just really didn't have his stuff at all. But anyways, yes, that was the, the deal with Montes. They still put him on the IL despite his MRI showing no major structural damage or anything like that. So, but he's still not going to come back until we're just about hugging playoff time. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that. But good news on Tuesday, more good news rather, is that Harrison Bader, Darth Bader, as I call him, and many others call him, officially was reactivated. As I said on Sunday, it was revealed at that point even that the Yankees had planned to reactivate him on Tuesday, and they did just that, and what a nice impact he has made since. Had himself an awesome debut on Tuesday, had another nice game on Wednesday, a nice game last night, playing terrific center field, got quick feet out there, got himself a nice arm, doing things with the bat, even if he's known less for that in comparison to his defense. So he has been a very nice addition and has also had us see less of Aaron Hicks, which is always very nice, despite him having gone deep tonight. I understand that and don't very much care, aside from the fact that it's helping my team in trying to beat the Red Sox. Just I don't care about it on a personal level for Aaron Hicks is what I mean, because I am long over him. <laughs> but regardless, in any event... That was the deal with Bader returning on Tuesday. That was the Yankee news. Montes, thankfully, not having too much damage done. Obviously, when he came here at the trade deadline, he was already having shoulder issues. So, they seem to have happened again here, but no major issues, and he should be back before the end of the season. And Bader coming back. Wednesday came around. More activations, as I had said. But... Two big pieces of news happened. Ones that we weren't really expecting. We expected Severino and Efros to return. Those were things that we expected. Two things that we did not expect was Zach Britton returning, number one. So Zach Britton is back officially. He's with the team. And the second thing that we didn't expect, but I guess it's not too surprising because I had this question asked to me on the most recent Q&A about people asking what are the roster moves the Yankees could make with some returns coming back and I I even said with a couple of 60-day ILs coming back the Yankees are gonna have to make some DFAing or you know gonna have to do some DFAing and things like that to clear 40-man spots for those coming off the 60-day IL guys like Bader guys like Britain so the couple of things that happened as far as other roster moves to clear space in general was one, Greg Weissert was optioned back down to AAA. That was a possibility that I mentioned, so not surprising at all. And then the one that I I had basically posed the scenario that Miguel Andujar could definitely be another candidate to be at least sent down. I said at least sent down, and it ended up being more than that. They ended up DFAing him. Now, DFAing right away off the bat 
does not mean he is gone from the Yankees. The Yankees still have a few more days to decide his future, whether they want to bring him back and just put him right back to AAA or what. But the DFAing had to happen, and I'm not surprised that it had to happen with him because it had to happen with someone like him or... I, Weissert had to be sent back down, but maybe it could have happened with him, but he's very promising as you know, with more developing time up ahead for him. So I didn't expect the DFA to happen for him. I knew that they could have ended up clearing Tim LaCastro maybe, but of the DFA that was possible that I mentioned last week, I'm not that surprised it was Andujar. A lot of people feel bad for him, of course, and I do too, but we all know the tension that's been between him and the Yankees for this year, him with some of the quotes that he's made about wanting another opportunity. And you know, a lot of it's just nobody's fault. A lot of people are quick to say, oh, he wasn't given a fair shot. But it was really just the luck of the draw, or lack thereof, I guess I should say. Because a lot of what's happened to Andujar in recent years, guys, is because of the fact that he got hurt and had his job taken from him. And then in a lot of opportunities when he came up, he just didn't really get it done all that much and didn't have a clear set position to play. It just didn't really ever work out. The timing was bad. He couldn't stay healthy a lot of the time. And it just culminated to where we are now as far as his career. So, do I feel bad for him in that sense? Yeah, I do. I always feel bad when things like this happen to a player, especially one that was a Rookie of the Year runner-up in 2018. Had a hell of a year that he had. I still think I still think that he could do a lot with the bat. And I do think that it's very possible if the Yankees do end up officially losing him via the DFA, I do think there will be plenty of other teams out there that will inquire about his services and give him some solid outfield time and give him a lot of plate appearances. It could very well happen, and for him on a personal level, I hope it does. But there are just a lot of things that happen with the Yankees that it just didn't work out. And were there times that I was like, ah, they should bring him up, it's time to give him another shot? Yeah, there were times that I was like that. But a lot of the other times they did give him a shot, the timing wasn't right, he got hurt, or he just didn't produce. This latest call-up time, he really didn't do all that much. So, I don't know, we'll see ultimately what his fate is, is if he'll be back and just outright it back to AAA, or if he'll just end up going to free agency and another team pick him up. I don't know, we'll see. We will see what happens as far as his future with the Yankees or future without the Yankees. It'll definitely be interesting to see, but I was not surprised by the DFAing of Andujar. Even if some others were, I I was not that surprised. And they had to clear a 40-man spot somehow for Britain returning. So, Britain's back, Efros is back, Sevy's back, but Andujar DFA'd and one other roster move officially to make even more room. Unfortunately, this goes back to what we've said so much of the time when we get certain guys back from injury. The famous expression, a soul for a soul. Well, this qualified for here too because amongst the announcements of Seve, Efros, and Britain coming back, it was also announced that Wandy Peralta hit the I.L. with some back issues. So, he shouldn't be out for very long. He should be back fairly soon, but... Definitely before the end of the season. As long as everything goes okay, that is. But he is on the IL now. So that that's that news with him going on the injured list with back problems. We'll see how that progresses as time goes along. And you had the returns of Britain, Seve, and Efros, as well as Bader. So four returns this past week. Loving the reinforcements. As far as Carpenter and Benintendi, I know a lot of people have been asking about them. And rightfully so, because a lot of people are curious. 
All I've heard is that as of right now, you could basically rule out a regular season return for either of them. As time goes along, they're just continuing to reevaluate them. I'm pretty sure I heard Susan Waldman the other day on the radio say that Matt Carpenter was hanging out in the Yankee bullpen the other day, just standing around and trying to just slowly start to ramp up maybe a little bit. And they're going to just reevaluate him again in a few days and just see where he's at with his healing by then. But I think it's going a little bit slower than they had expected. Obviously, his age is not on his side either. That never helps. It's just unfortunate because I know we all miss Carpenter. I still miss him a crap ton, but it's just not looking very good. If either of them do return or both of them do return, it's going to be during the playoffs and... Who knows if they're going to need ramp-up time, and if they come back, if their timing's going to be off, and they might hurt the team more than help by then, at least in an offensive standpoint. I I don't know. I don't know. I'm just so upset about it, though. I'm pretty sure Benintendi even spoke to the media, though, or the Yankees just in general did, and they basically ruled out Benintendi for the regular season for sure. But I'm pretty sure Matt Carpenter is as well. It's just, it's too devastating of an injury at a bad time period. And the healing is just not going the way they had expected. It really sucks. So, I guess the news is just hang tight and continue to wait for more updates regarding them. But as of right now, it's not looking good, especially as far as the regular season is concerned. So that's basically the news from this past week. And the big thing as of right now is I still continue to tinker with my iPad to try to get this damn game up on it while I record here because I can't put it on my TV because it's on Apple TV tonight. Tonight's game, we are still all having our eyes on Aaron Judge, of course, as we continue to watch one of the greatest seasons we will ever see. If not the greatest season we will ever see by the time it's finished, we will see. We don't know what the deal will be for the rest of our lives, of course, but regardless of what they hold, it's going to be awfully tough to outdo this. It's just unbelievable. It's been a hell of a week at the stadium. Every time the guy's up at bat... The sold-out Yankee Stadium gets all on its feet and is almost like a World Series environment. It's absolutely nuts. I know a lot of people say, oh, you know, these guys are made for this, and especially the consummate professional that Aaron Judge is. He's, you know, he's all ready for it, And but I don't care how much you say that, or whether it be somebody being like, oh, I don't have sympathy on these guys. They make millions, blah, 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 blah. I, I know, but... I have to imagine the pressure for Aaron Judge or anybody in the same situation is just remarkable. I mean, you got the whole stadium on their feet anticipating one thing to happen, one possibility. And even if he's to do something great like hit a a double or a triple or even just a regular hit or get on base, they boo when he walks. (laughs) They boo the other team when they walk him. And anything other than a home run is met with, like, disappointment. (laughs) That's, That's really how you know. That what we're watching is nothing short of once-in-a-lifetime stuff, just beyond historic, that anything other than a home run is met with somewhat dissatisfaction. (laughs) That is incredible. It really, really is. (sighs) I don't know. It's very funny. That's been the atmosphere the entire week at the stadium and still is tonight as a crowd of 49,000 plus, however many people there are every single night at Yankee Stadium this week, including his own family, of course, and his loved ones, including the Maris family even, who's at the stadium watching this chase take place as he is now one home run away 
from their ancestor Roger Maris, whether he be a father or a grandfather, what have you. The Maris family is even in attendance. It is crazy. It's a wild environment. All eyes around baseball, not just in the Yankee community, all around baseball are on Aaron Judge. Both Aaron Judge and Albert Pujols, of course, as Pujols still is chasing number 700. So, again, just because of those two especially, it really is a hell of a time for the sport, guys. It really is. Really, really exciting stuff. Still tinkering with my freaking iPad here. It is absolutely incredible that I can't get this going. I do have game day up on my phone, though, but it's just pitch by pitch. There's no like live action going on. All I see is that Aaron Hicks is up right now and it says in play, run or runs. So let me see the singles on a ground ball to left fielder and gives the Yankees a two to one lead. Okay. So listen, both Yankee runs are from Aaron Hicks, just how we all drew it up, right? <laughs> so Judge is up now. I guess I'm just going to watch it on game day now. Or I could try to get the radio broadcast up, I guess, but it's going to be a massive delay because it's on, uh, it's on the MLB app. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's still in the middle of the Aaron Hicks at bat. I don't want to listen to that. It's freaking like, it's like a two minutes behind. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to run outside because the game is on on our main TV in the house on Apple TV. I'm in my room recording, obviously, because that's where my setup is. Duh. And I usually have my TV right here, but since it's on Apple TV tonight, I can't put it on my regular TV in my room and have it on while I record here. So I'm going to pause this right now and go outside and watch this judge at bat and come back right after. But for you guys, obviously, it's going to be like a second past because I'm just going to pause it and then resume it when I come back in here. But as of right now, I'm going to go outside and watch this at bat and I'll be right back after this. And you'll either just hear the same tone of voice kind of mic here, or if he does it, you'll hear a ballistic mic. So we'll see. Here I go. Damn it. <laughs> Just got back from watching. It was a very quick at-bat. Judge struck out. So it's two strikeouts against Rich Hill tonight. There was runners on first and second with nobody out. I would have thought that he would have been smacking Rich Hill around tonight. Really good matchup from the left side. And he's not a hard thrower, So, but he's getting him. Got him to chase a curveball this time around. So, yeah, he took two strikes, took a pitch outside, and then swung at the curveball in the dirt. So we'll have to try again next at bat. What are you going to do? But the Yankees have a 2-1 to lead. Again, both runs on a solo shot by Aaron Hicks and then an RBI single by Aaron Hicks about two minutes ago, just how he drew it all up. So the Yankees are winning 2-1 to right now in today's game. As far as the games for this past week, why don't we get to recapping those? And this recap's going to be really short because, again, the only games that have happened since we spoke last, since I'm recording here on Friday, not including tonight's game, have been Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday yesterday. So only three games to recap. So why don't we get that over with right now before we get to our social media segment after that, which is a poll. Got a poll this week, going back to a social media poll on Twitter. So why don't we get to recapping Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday yesterday right now and hop into that yapping Yankees time machine. Let's go. All right, so Tuesday night's game, this was the one that I mentioned to you before, was mainly based on the walk-off and was my personal favorite. This made it my personal favorite game of 2022, but there was a whole lot of game before that too, so let's get into it. 
On the mound for the Yankees that night was Nestor Cortez, and he pitched himself a fairly nice game. Five innings, five hits, only gave up one run, did walk two, and struck out four. So the Yankees' best pitcher still did himself a nice job. Unfortunately, though, because the bullpen decided to just crap the bed completely, it took away the opportunity for him to get a win. So he should have gotten a win since he went five innings, only allowed one run, and when he left the game, the Yankees were winning, or at least they took the lead by the time he was done. They were losing one nothing, and then right after he had finished the fifth inning, they had taken a 2-1 to one lead, so he was in line for the win, but then the bullpen screwed it all up. Fortunately, the offense came through to them, and... Um, I got to tell you, this bullpen as of the last week or two has really been an issue. The vast majority of the guys coming in, with the exception of guys like Loisaga and uh, maybe, but you can't even say Efros. Maybe you trust him, but he just got back. So really, Loisaga right now has really been one of the only ones to come out of the pen that's been trustworthy. He's run into some really bad luck and has had some really bad defense behind him lately when he's been on the mound. But, you know, you can't really help that. You know, you just get the luck of the draw. That's part of baseball. But as f- and bad defense being behind you, that's your defense's fault. What are you going to do? Except ask them to play better. But can't do nothing about luck. Luck is an external factor, as is your defense when you're on the mound. So other than Loisaga right now, almost everybody that has come out of that bullpen lately has not had their best stuff to say the least. I'm putting that very mildly. So... Been a bit of a problem. I mean, Marinaccio even came in after that, after Cortez was done. And he, in two-thirds of an inning, gave up two runs. Trevino came in, two hits, gave up a run, only getting one out. And Loisaga, he gave up two, three runs, well, two of them were earned in an inning and a third. But again, part luck, part bad defense, hence why one of them wasn't even earned. Clay Holmes, two-thirds of an inning, gave up a run. And then Chapman was the only one to pitch a clean inning in the ninth, but in fairness, the Yankees were down 8-4, to four, so there really wasn't much pressure to do so. He would, of course, get the win, though, because at the remarkable comeback in the bottom of the ninth. But, again, the offense, despite the pitching giving up all those runs, did their thing. As far as scoring on the day, former Yankee Greg Allen opened up scoring for the Pirates in the top of the fourth with a sacrifice fly. Bottom of the fifth, Harrison Bader in his debut. Again, this was the day he was activated, immediately making his presence known. RBI single tied the game at one. Jose Trevino, RBI single, gave the Yankees a 2-1 to lead. Top of the sixth, Jason DeLay. He was a pretty, he was a pretty big problem for the Yankees in this series. Two-run double made it 3-2. to two. That was in the inning where Marinaccio had a tough time. Bottom of the sixth, Harrison Bader again. A two-run single made it 4-3, to three, and Bader in his Yankee debut. How about it? Going two for four, driving in three. Big deal. And before that, bottom of the ninth, the Yankees had four runs on the board, and he was responsible for three of them. Had himself a hell of a Yankee debut, just what you love to see. Top of the seventh, Brian Reynolds right away would open the inning up with a game-tying solo shot. Reynolds was a real problem in this quick two-game series at the stadium. Tied the game at four. Top of the eighth, Reynolds again. RBI single gave the Pirates a 5-4 lead. And then Rodolfo Castro opened it wide open. Made it 8-4 in a three-run shot in the eighth inning. And uh, that was one of the big blows given up by Holmes and Loisaga together. Not good stuff. So, uh, some charge to Luizaga, some charge to Holmes. 
So it was 8-4 to four heading into the bottom of the ninth, still waiting on Judge's 60th home run, and uh, things looking awfully bleak as far as the game being down by four in the ninth inning, right? Wrong. Eh. Yankee offense had other ideas. Aaron Judge started things off again, like I said earlier, with his 60th home run of the year being a solo shot to left center. That made it 8-5, to five, and the Yankee offense after that would not stop. And as a matter of fact, like I said before, there would not be a single out gotten by Pirates pitching. So after Judge's home run, Rizzo got his 20th double of the year. Glaber walked. Donaldson got a hit. Rizzo held up at third, Stanton to the plate, and he was having himself another rough day as his timing and overall gameplay had continued to be off. I, for one, not only because I'm a Stanton lover, but knowing what this guy objectively is capable of, I was just saying if Stanton does this here and he is very capable of doing it anytime he wants, regardless of how much he's struggling because he is just that kind of a player, if he does this here, I will probably not survive. And guess what? He did it and I barely survived. (laughs) He hit a freaking piss missile into left field for a walk-off grand slam. His 27th home run of the year, giving the Yankees a remarkable 9-8 victory over the Pirates. I don't care if it was against the Pirates. It is a remarkable comeback no matter how much you want to try and negatively spin it. Amazing. I went insane. After this home run, my voice was gone. After one occurrence, I got pretty loud for Judge's 60th, but after that walk-off, that was what did it. My voice was nearly completely fried. One shot. That's all it took. Unbelievable win, and given Judge's 60th home run, and the fact that it sparked the offense the way it did, how the game capped off at the walk-off grand freaking slam, I had just declared officially that Tuesday night was my personal favorite game of 2022. Despite how irritating it was prior when the bullpen was doing what they were doing, but the ending to it was just so incredible. I I just, (laughs) it was my favorite. Ended up being my favorite. I just had a feeling right after Rizzo hit that double, right after Judge hit his 60th, even though they were still down by three at the time, I was thinking in my head, I was like, could this team really, are they really going to do this? (laughs) And they did. They did. You got to give it to them. It was really incredible. What a night on Tuesday night. My goodness. Wednesday came around. Yankees trying to sweep them in this quick two-game set, and this game was a lot more comfortable because, again, like I mentioned earlier, the final 14-2. And it got started right away in the bottom of the first one. My boy, Oswaldo Cabrera. I've been praising the hell out of him since he's been called up, and I will continue to do so as long as he gives me reason to do so. And he has. Defensively, offensively, the whole deal. Opened up the game in the bottom of the first with a towering grand slam to right center. Driving home Judge, Torres, and Stanton. And this was pretty incredible also because not only was it a grand slam, the kid's first of his career, but also the last two Yankee home runs, this one and the one prior to it, were both grand slams. (laughs) So two grand slams in a row for the Yankees from one game into the next. Pretty awesome stuff. Top of the fourth, sack fly for Cabrian Hayes. Put the Pirates on the board. Scores 4-1. to one. And then from there, the Yankees just, they took off. What can you say? Bottom of the fifth, RBI single for Glaber. 
RBI double for Donaldson, 6-1. to one. Top of the sixth, the Pirates would score their second and final run on the night, again by Cabrian Hayes on an RBI single, made it 6-2. to two. But then the Yankees, <laughs> bottom of the eighth was the inning, especially for Glaber Torres. How about this, huh? At the beginning of the inning, solo shot, made it 7-2, his 22nd of the year. Oswaldo Cabrera, RBI double. Harrison Bader, two-run double, another piece of damage done by Bader. RBI double for Trevino. And then again in the same inning, two home runs in one inning for Glaber Torres, who again, we've been mentioning for a week or two now, now has shown signs of waking up. He really seems to have woken up, and he's continuing on because two home runs in the same inning. This one, a three-run shot driving Trevino and LaCastro home made it 14-2, to and that would be the final. And on the mound for the Yankees was Luis Severino again in his returning start. This was the day he was activated when five innings only allowed one run, only walked one, gave up two hits, and struck out six. So I would say a very nice returning start for Luis Severino, earned his sixth victory on the year. ERA down to 336, even though, of course, he does not have a full season's worth of pitching. I'm aware of that, but still a very nice returning start for him. And in the bullpen after him, even though they had a lot of big leads to work with, fortunately it was a little better. Litke only gave up one run in two innings. Marinaccio had a scoreless eighth, and Weissert a scoreless ninth. So a very nice game on Wednesday night. A lot of fun stuff, and much more relaxing and less frustrating than Tuesdays. And the last one we have to recap before we hit today's game, of course, was yesterday's first game of the current four-game set against the Red Sox here at Yankee Stadium. Yankees, of course, won this one 5-4 in a game that really was a lot more comfortable earlier on after the Yankees had gotten on the board in the bottom of the fifth on a sack fly by Higashioka and a two-run shot by Stanton, his 28th of the year. It was 3-0 at that point. And things seemed, you know, just seemed like it was a really comfortable game. Tyone was on the mound. He had pitched six shutout innings, only giving up four hits, walking one and striking out eight, lowering his ERA a bit, down to 390. So it just seemed like it was going really well. But then, like I had mentioned before, with Clark Schmidt having that meltdown of an inning in yesterday's game, well, here it was in the seventh inning, allowed four runs. On a solo shot to Tristan Casas, made it 3-1. to one, And then a three-run shot later to Reese McGuire. Again, to bad parts of the lineup. And McGuire has really killed the Yankees. Really annoying. Last few series against the Red Sox. So, I don't know. It's just a really whacked-out inning. Schmidt just had nothing working. Nothing. So, just a bad inning for him. Gave the Red Sox, who are just bad this year, as we know, a 4-3 to three lead. Just not a good look there. At all. Made a lot of people lose a little bit more trust in Clark. So not good stuff. Fortunately, in the bottom of the eighth, though, the Yankees were able to tack on another run to retie the game. Stanton started off the inning with a really hard hit into the left field hole. A nice stop by Bogarts, but he couldn't throw him out at first. It would have just been way too tough of a play. Oswaldo Cabrera grounded out and moved Stanton over to third, and then Bader hit a sack fly to drive him home. Or I should say LeCastro, because LeCastro pinch ran for Stanton after Stanton's hit. And LeCastro stole second, then was advanced to third, and then came home in the sack fly. So, 
Yankees had tied the game at four at that point. And then neither team did anything in the ninth inning. And Clay Holmes actually took the mound for two innings. And for the first time in a while, Clay Holmes actually did himself a very nice job. Two shutout innings, only allowing one hit and not even allowing a run to score in the top of the 10th after the game went to extras, even with the ghost runner. So he did a much better job this time around. Very nice to see, finally, because this man, I mean, how long we've been talking about how he just seems broken beyond repair. I mean, he just needed a night like this. My God, was it overdue. And then in the bottom of the 10th, the Yankees obviously started out with their ghost runner being Anthony Rizzo, but then Marvin Gonzalez immediately pinch ran for him to start the inning. Glaber Torres was intentionally walked. Josh Donaldson came up and got an RBI single to end the game as Marvin Gonzalez slid into home plate as the winning run. Basically face planning because it was a really weird head first slide, but whatever. Either way, the Yankees won. <laughs> they would win 5-4 to four with, again, their 16th walk-off of the year, Major League Baseball leading 16th walk-off of the year, and their second walk-off of the week, this one against the Red Sox, which we always love. And even though I have gone on my Donaldson tirades, I will admit that since he had a kid, he has been playing better baseball. (laughs) He has been. I mean, that's just a fact. He has been hitting better, and just his overall looked just improved on the field. So thank God for that because that's a big boost and I, Lord knows I've been hard on him. I definitely have been, but I'm rooting for anything that brings the Yankees success, man. He's on the team, so I'm going to root. That's how it goes and that's how I've always explained it whenever I've had a problem with a player. So, And another interesting side note, by the way, thought I'd just mention this in more support of my boy Stanton. I just felt the need to say this. By the time the season is done, Stanton will have missed about 50-ish games this year. Missed quite a bit of time due to injury again, unfortunately. I predicted otherwise prior to the season. I had predicted that Judge would play the whole season again and hit 45-plus home runs, driving about 120 RBIs, doing a little bit more RBI-wise and doing way more home run-wise, and fulfilling my games played promise, obviously. So I I hit pretty good on Judge and then some, (laughs) but Stanton I misfired on. I said that Stanton would probably play at least 140 to 145 games, I believe, and hit 40-plus home runs. Well, by the time the season's done, he'll probably have hit 30, so not unbelievably far off there, but obviously a massive misfire with the games played. But I do want to throw this out there about my boy Stanton. Try to consider what would happen right now if he did have a full season's worth of gameplay. This guy is two home runs away right now. As we speak, he's two home runs away from 30 home runs. And he is still, by the time the season will have been played fully, he will have missed, give or take, about 50 games. Anywhere from 45 to 50 games. And with 30 home runs still being hit in that time, imagine if he played 150 to 155 games. He would have probably hit anywhere from 45 to 50, if I had to say. And at that point... With Judge finishing in the span of what I predicted a couple of weeks ago, maybe in maybe in the span of like 63 to 65, and I'm still going to stick by that for now. With Judge finishing there, and then Stanton with a full season's worth of gameplay having finished at 45 to 50 maybe given his current pace of still having, probably by the time the season ends, around 30, missing about 50 games, which is still crazy. I mean, it's pretty good. That would have nearly been... Basically a cloned duplicate 
of the 1961 season with Roger Maris and Mickey Mantle, because that year was the year that Roger Maris, of course, as we know, hit his 61 home runs, and Mantle hit 54, combining for 115 home runs between the M&M boys at the time in 1961. Just the two of them. And if Stanton had not had injury problems this year and was able to reach full potential with the home runs and gameplay overall like he did last year, you would have been looking at a damn near carbon copy between the two of them in comparison to Maris and Mantle back in 1961, and that would have been incredible. So it's just pretty cool that despite missing 45 to 50 games by the time the season ends, that Stanton still has like 30-plus home runs. Just imagine if he had a full season or full-ish season of gameplay. Oh my god, it would have been even more epic. Uh, and I just saw the freaking update right now. The Yankees had actually had a 4-1 to lead. They had continued scoring. I guess I missed that because, hey, I can't watch the game. Glaber apparently got an RBI double, I think, because it said... No, or a two-run double because there was an error made on the play. There was a throwing mistake, so let me see. Glaber did get two RBI, so I guess it was a two-run double. That made it 4-1. to one. And then in the top of the sixth just now, Garrett Cole just gave up a game-tying three-run homer to Alex Verdugo. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm t- I don't know what Garrett Cole's problem is, man. I really don't know what his deal is. The inconsistency this year is just staggering. And his inability to pitch against the Red Sox even more staggering. Whether it be at Fenway or here. I mean, what the hell, man? What the hell are we doing, Garrett? ERA up to three and a half now. To Alex Verdugo. That was only his 10th home run of the year. I just get him out of there after this inning. He's at 99 pitches right now anyway after the first pitch to JD. It's just absurd. You get a 4-1 to lead. You're the ace of the freaking team. Shut it down, will you? I mean, come on. That pi- I'm sorry. That pisses me off. I've defended Garrett as much as anybody through the years, but... With his inconsistency this year, it has not been easy to defend the guy. It really hasn't. Shut it the hell down, man. You're up 4-1 to one against the Red Sox. Shut it down. So yeah, now it's a tie game. I'm, I'm tweeting out right now because I'm pissed off. It's really, it's really, really annoying. And apparently he was ticked off because he didn't get a call before that. Again, typical Garrett Cole fashion. Something doesn't go his way and the whole world falls apart. It's a problem. It really is a problem with him. And I gotta say, I'm getting really sick and tired of it. I'm not giving up on him. Don't get me wrong. I still acknowledge that he's, you know, he's Garrett Cole. The Yankees expect what they do out of him. We as fans expect what we do out of him. That's not going to change. But it really is getting really, really annoying to have to deal with seeing one little thing going wrong that ticks Garrett Cole off and and it just falls apart. The walls just come down. It's like the Hindenburg. His start turns into the freaking Hindenburg. It's crazy what happens, how he just can't refocus. He's like his own worst enemy with his emotions. It's crazy. And I'm one to talk as an emotional person myself, but I mean, he's a professional out there. You gotta, you gotta compose yourself a little bit. I understand you're ticked off. You didn't get a call. I understand these umpires belong in the unemployment line, but I mean, come on, just focus in and get the freaking out. Get Verdugo out. 
I'm telling you, what, what did I say the last time the Yankees faced the Red Sox? What do I say every time they face the Red Sox? It just seems like every time Verdugo's up in a big situation against the Yankees, he always comes through. It's crazy, and it happens again right here. Absolutely wild how that continues to happen. And Garrett Cole again with another lousy start against the Red Sox. I know all four runs were just on home runs. It was a solo shot in the first to Fam, and now a three-run shot. <sighs> I just ticked off. Three-run shot to Verdugo, and yeah, it was a freaking home run derby off Garrett Cole. Giving up too many home runs this year. Too inconsistent from start to start. Just not good. Not good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm really tired of the uh, things got to go perfectly for me or I'm just going to have a meltdown on the mound act by Cole. It's it's getting really annoying. That can't happen in October. It can't. It cannot happen in the playoffs. Because there are going to be a lot of moments that happen like that. There are a lot of high-pressure moments. And Garrett Cole is a big playoff pitcher. I'm not going to deny that or just omit that and pretend it doesn't exist. There are stats out there that solidify the fact that Garrett Cole, despite last year's wild card game, is an elite postseason pitcher. But I just hope the vibes that are coming from him this season, throughout the inconsistency and lack of patience when even one thing doesn't go his way, that better not carry into the playoffs, man, otherwise the Yankees are screwed. Because listen, I don't want to sound like a pessimist, but I think we can all agree with the fact that in order for the Yankees to win anything, they need Garrett Cole to be at the top of his game. It's just a necessity. <laughs> There's no debating it. It'd be a miracle if they win, if he sucks in the playoffs. That'd be a miracle. The Yankees need Garrett Cole to be good. So the, these, these easily ticked off, inconsistent vibes going on that have happened throughout the course of the season, those better see a quick stop when the playoffs come around. So anyway... Yeah, Oswaldo Cabrera is up right now, leading off the 6th. Zach Kelly is on the mound for the Red Sox, and it says in-play outs for Cabrera, so I assume he got out. I don't know how yet. But that's the deal with recap, guys. We're fully caught up to here on Friday when I am currently recording. It says he flew out. Okay. So one out in the 6th inning as we speak. So what do you say we cap off this episode 156 with our social media poll for this week? And quite simply put, because this really is where all of our eyes are on, it's about Aaron Judge. (laughs) So the question that I thought of, quite simply, since we're still waiting on 61 even, the question that I put out there for all of you to vote on, and honestly, I did only put this out a couple of hours ago, put this up pretty close to when I started the recording here, so I assume there are going to be a lot more responses and even voting results that come in following this. So for the voting results and the replies that come in after I'm done taping, I'm sorry, I'm not going to get to you, but just a hectic week and I just, I got home from work later than I thought. So I kind of posted it up to the last minute, still quite a few replies and some good voting going on early on here, but I had to post it Pretty up to the point, quite close to when I started taping. So these are not; these are definitely not going to be the final results. I mean, these results aren't going to be wrapped up until tomorrow after the episode's already out in the early afternoon tomorrow. So, or maybe even in the late morning. Maybe we'll see. But regardless, it'll be out in the early part of the day tomorrow on Saturday. So these are not final results. Just keep that in mind. 
But the question is, do you think Judge hits both 61 and 62 by the time the weekend is over? And this is still relevant even at the moment that I'm taping here on Friday night because 61 is still yet to happen. So, the choices, of course, in the poll are yes and no. And we already have a couple of hundred votes here early on, so that's good, but there will probably still be more that trickle in as time continues on and the poll remains up and votable. But 87% as of right now say yes, he will have home run number 62 by the end of this weekend against the Red Sox. And only 13% of all the votes that have come in so far say no, he will not have hit 61 and 62 by the end of the weekend. Maybe just 61 or not even 61. Just go into the Toronto series starting at the beginning of the week, the upcoming week, still seeking number 61. Now me, I'm going to say right now that he does hit 61 and 62 prior to the Toronto series beginning on Monday. I'm just believing in my boy here. This might be a little bit of bias and excitement going into it. Fine, whatever, just on this question. But I think he does it. I think he will. And if he doesn't hit 62, I, I definitely think by the end of the weekend he'll at least have 61. That's that's just my prediction. So I say, I'll say yes for 62 as well, just for the sake of being a bit overconfident. But I think it's very possible. So it would definitely be a hell of a thing for it to happen against the Red Sox because they did mention this on the broadcast as well, and I'll mention this on the show for those who didn't hear about this. But it would be pretty incredible for Judge to do this against the Red Sox this weekend because back in 1961, when Roger Maris hit his 61st home run at Yankee Stadium, guess who it was against? You guessed it correctly. Hopefully, it was against the Red Sox. (laughs) So that would be pretty poetic, to say the least, for it to happen here against the Red Sox at Yankee Stadium this weekend and not have to wait until the Toronto series on Monday. So actually, before I get to your reply, since I just gave my prediction of yes, I guess, and if it's not yes, then I definitely think he'll at least hit number 61 before the, before the weekend ends. But I definitely should tell you what's ahead because at the end of recap, I forgot to do that, speaking of the Toronto series. So let me do that really quick. What is ahead for this coming week? And it is the last, again, the last full week of Yankees baseball, regular season baseball in 2022. I will not cry. <laughs> I am very upset. So Monday, again, like I said, will be the first of three against the Blue Jays in Toronto. The last times the Yankees will see them in the regular season, of course. Maybe they'll see them later in the playoffs. Who knows? But regardless, this will be the last time that the Yankees see them in the regular season. Three games set in Toronto. Monday night's game will be at 7.07 p.m. Eastern. Same for Tuesday, the 27th, 7.07. And 7.07 for Wednesday in Toronto on the 28th as well. Thursday, the Yankees are off. It is their last off day of the regular season, taking place on Thursday, the 29th. And Friday, will begin a three-game set at the stadium against the Orioles. So the Yankees coming back home right away for their last home series of the 2022 regular season and their last series against an AL East opponent. 
Friday night's game, the 30th, will be at 7.05 Eastern. Saturday, the 1st, will be at 1.05 Eastern. And Sunday, the 2nd, when I speak to you next, will be at 1.35 p.m. Eastern. And I have to imagine I will probably be recording during that game while it happens. And then I guess, since there's only just a couple of days after that, I guess I should just go ahead and give you the last four games of the season right after that. Games 159, 160, 161, and 162. On Monday, October 3rd, and I'll remind you of this next Sunday as well when we speak again on the 2nd, but on Monday, October 3rd, their last series of the season, four games in three days because Tuesday is a doubleheader against them, against the Texas Rangers in Texas. So they end the season on the road. Monday night's game will be at 7.05 Eastern. Tuesday, the doubleheader. First game will be at 2.05 Eastern, and the second game will be at 8.05 Eastern. And Wednesday the 5th, the last game of the season, game number 162, as we officially wrap up another full season of coverage here on Yapping Yankees. That game, like all the others throughout baseball, on the final game of the year will be at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And then the season's over after that, and we all get extremely amped for the playoffs. And then when it's all over, especially depending on how it all ends, we all cry. All right, let's get to those social media replies without further ado. First one I see is at Nikki Alana, and they say, I think he's hitting 61 tomorrow and 62 on Sunday. Fair enough, could very well happen. Who knows? Up next is at BobbyTats631, and Bobby says yes if the opposing pitchers actually pitch to him. He's too locked in to be shut down for a whole series. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think that's a fair statement. And they are actually mostly pitching to him. I mean, yeah, in yesterday's game on Thursday, he had three walks. But he did get a few pitches to hit here and there. And again, he just missed that one that missed by a few feet to dead center on Thursday night, that torturous ball. But it looks like Rich Hill is going right after him tonight for the most part. And I, I'm not sure if he'll still be facing him in, in his next at-bat. But, I don't know, they seem to, especially tonight, more so than last night, but mostly be going after him. They're giving him pitches to hit here and there. He's just not quite getting them yet. So, but yeah, definitely a fair statement to assume that he's not going to be shut down for the whole series. I'd be shocked if he is. I'd be shocked if they go to Toronto and he hasn't hit number 61 yet at least. Maybe not 62 as of yet, but if he hasn't at least hit 61 yet by the time Sunday's game is played and and done with, I'll be pretty surprised. I will be. At S. Leonardi 11 says, Honestly, I say he gets to 63. I think once he ties Maris, he'll relax a bit and hit two more pretty quickly. Yeah, he could. And like I said, when talking about pressure before, I mean, regardless of how much of a professional Aaron Judge is and how ready he may be for the pressure, I mean, the pressure's still there, and it is unbelievable. I mean, between the environment at the stadium and what it's like each and every time he steps up to bat and each and every pitch of each at bat, I mean, the pressure's there, and you got to imagine it's in his head at least a little bit, as it naturally would be for any human freaking being. I mean, come on. So... It's a big deal. It's a big record. 
I mean, if you care about steroids, if you really say that, oh, I don't count any of those guys after Maris because they all juiced, you know, Sosa, McGuire, Bonds, all those guys who hit more single season home runs than Maris. If you don't count them, then for you in your mind, Aaron Judge is right on the cusp of being your single season home run king. Of course, if you do count the steroid guys, then no, he'll have to hit 74 to surpass Bonds' 73. But it's a big record to break, no matter how you spin it. Because even if you do count the steroid guys and see them as legitimate, personally, on a personal level for you yourself, he's still going to be the American League single-season home run king. And officially, obviously, the Yankees' single-season home run king, of course, in franchise history, because Maris is right now, and he's on the verge of passing him, tying him and passing him. So it's a big thing. So the pressure's got to be there at least a little bit. I don't care how much of a professional you are. (laughs) It's crazy. So it's just a wild environment. But yeah, I do definitely think that especially when he ties in, even more so when he breaks it, uh, it'll probably lead to him relaxing a little bit. I think on the season overall, I'm going to stick to my window of predicting his amount of home runs. I'm going to say he finishes anywhere from like 63 to 65. That's my prediction. Next, we've got Rebecca at Peace Now for Life, and she says, I think that by Monday morning, Judge will have hit home runs number 61 and 62, and that gives him three games to get two home runs. I like those odds. Go Judge and go Yankees. Yeah, so you do think he'll do it. Okay. Yeah, and three games including tonight, here on Friday, because again, yeah, this was this poll was posted before I started recording and even a little bit before the game started, so yeah. Three games. It's even more likely if you're just looking for him to hit number 61 at least by the end of the weekend. It's even more likely. Three home, three games to hit one home run. Next is my friend James at Rebirth Chaos 09, and he says, I think he does, and the Yankees will clinch the division on my birthday this coming Wednesday. Happy early birthday, my brother. Hope you have a great day there, and I hope by Wednesday for a nice birthday present they do clinch that division. They definitely are pretty close to it as they have done some winning these last few days ever since that last game in Milwaukee. And uh, Toronto's been losing here and there. And Toronto and Tampa have been beating the hell out of each other. So that's helping things standings-wise. And the Yankees entered gameplay today being 7.5 up over the second-place Blue Jays and 8.5 over the third-place Rays. So things are looking really good. If they could finish off this weekend good against Boston and still have a very commanding lead over Toronto and win even just one in Toronto, that that seals the deal. That'll do it. So, And if Toronto gets their ass kicked, maybe if them and the Rays perfectly kick each other's asses in this series, maybe, uh, maybe even sooner than that. Who knows? So I hope that does happen by Wednesday. But you think he does hit them before the end of the weekend. Fair enough. Up next is at coach underscore will 64. And they say one thing working against him is the pressure of hitting two home runs in front of the home crowd and in Yankee Stadium, but I think he'll do it before Sunday ends. I'm going to say he hits one today. The next one will be tougher, but definitely by Sunday, it'll be at least tied with Maris. Yeah, I I could agree with that. I agree with everything there, even the part about the pressure, for sure, as I've said. So that's, that's definitely fair. Tina at Mountain Gal 456 is next, and she says, yes, he will, Mike. He is locked in. I think he'll get 61 and 62 before the end of the weekend. All right, fair enough. 
I like the confidence that we're seeing in these replies here. Up next is at dbonet59. And they say they won't pitch to him. Well, yeah, they avoided him quite a bit in last night's game on Thursday, as I said before, which was kind of annoying. But he still did get a a few pitches to hit, maybe like four of them. But tonight, I mean, Rich Hill was really going right after him. I mean, you got to kind of tip your cap there. He He was going after him pretty decently. So, I don't know. We'll have to see how the pitching is to him for the rest of the series. But tonight, they've been they've been going after him pretty good tonight, which I like. Because I don't like people being pitched around when they're about to achieve a great record. Go right after the guy. Come on. Go right after him. Prove you can get him out. And if he tags you up, then he tags you up. What are you going to do? Maybe you should pitch better if you don't like that. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just think it's a, it's a coward move to walk them. Just see if you can get him out. And if he ends up... Having the record against you, then that's that's just the way it goes. I know nobody wants to be a part of that humongous record and be a part of forever, especially given the kind of record it is that's being broken. You know, to capitalize on that, but it is what it is, dude. Up next is Spencer at Musician DMD, and he says, My intuition is telling me he'll hit two home runs on Saturday because of the day game, warmer weather, he'll be a little looser, marginal Boston pitching, and he's already taken some decent cuts to no avail, so it's a matter of time until he gets around on one or two. Yeah, it could be, and yeah, the weather could be a factor in it. Some people were definitely talking about that with the one that was just a few feet away from the center field wall last night on Thursday. They were saying because the air may have been a little heavy, and yes, Judge did get a little bit under it as well, didn't quite get all of it. Both Boone and his family said that much, and so did Judge himself. Um, So yeah, conditions could certainly play a part. Who knows what's going to happen? But it very well could, and that could be a big difference maker. God knows I hope it does. I would love... I would love, love, love for him to go into Toronto having at least tied Maris. At least tied. That's what I would love to see happen. So, all right. I think I'm going to read... I think I'm going to do my final two because I think I've read at least like 10 already. And I know there are going to be a lot more replies that trickle in like tomorrow or Sunday after this poll's already been wrapped up again to all of you, I'm sorry that I'm not getting to you, but I will have already recorded by the time you leave your reply. So, I've read at least 10 already. I've given away the early poll results that, again, those will even probably change slightly as time goes along, too, because more votes will continue to trickle in long after I've recorded here, but this is the deal. Got to record on Friday night and want to give you guys an episode this weekend, and this is the only way it happens. Did not want to take off and not give you anything this weekend, so... This is the way to do it. So we'll finish off with the usual final two. First up is my girlfriend, Vic Salimo. And Vic says, I think he'll hit 61, but I'm unsure about number 62. Definitely not out of the realm of possibility, but I feel more confident in him hitting 61 and just a maybe for hitting both before Sunday ends. Fair enough. That's similar to what I said. I'm choosing to remain optimistic and saying he'll do both before the end of Sunday. But... And, of course, we all want it to happen in New York in front of the Yankee Stadium crowd. But I'm definitely more confident in him at least hitting 61, at least, before the weekend is over. So I'm, I'm inclined to agree with that. And last but certainly not least, as always, is my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, before we wrap up the episode here. And she says, I really want to say yes, he will do it. 
I do, however, feel that the pressure is heavy on him. The entire stadium on their feet waiting to witness history. You got this, Judge. Shake it off and do your thing. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I really want to say yes as well, and that's where my optimism comes from, so we're on the same page there, Mom. But yeah, there's, there's the unsuredness there a little bit. Being more confident that he might just hit 61, and 62 might have to wait a little bit longer. So... There is a lot going on at the stadium, like I said before, like you've been probably seeing for yourself as you watch, and like I described earlier, the atmosphere at the stadium is pure chaos, and that can't be easy on anybody, whether you be as mentally prepared as judge or you're just the average person, I don't care who you are, that cannot be an easy thing to deal with, (laughs) so, I actually just saw I just got a hit now, it was apparently a, a rocket single into left field, and like I said before, Anything but a home run, and everyone's like, uh, whatever. (laughs) It's just, again, a credit to the remarkable season that he's having. Once in a lifetime, like I keep saying. And the singles are still really important because, again, he's still in the triple crown hunt, and he's still in first place for batting average as of now. It's dropped to 315 since he went 0 for 3 to start the night, and then he just got that hit now to boost up a little bit to 315, so... He's still in first for that. So that's important as far as the hit's concerned. But yeah, anything other than a home run, the stadium goes like quiet. Like it's almost like it's not a good thing that he just got a hit. (laughs) It's really funny. It really, really is. But this is the main thing that we all have our eyes on, guys. Just when will it happen? How will it happen? Who will it happen against? How long is it going to be? I mean, how much longer are we going to wait until it happens? Who's the pitcher going to be when it happens? Just a lot of these questions going through our head. And regardless, we just hope that at any capacity, it happens here in New York. But it just happening in general, of course, is what's important. We want it to happen. Just period. (laughs) That's the main important thing. So... I end off this episode here on Friday night with this game tied at four in the top of the seventh inning. On the mound for the Yankees right now is Johnny Lowe. And he's gotten the first out of the inning, got Kike Hernandez to ground out. Oh, crap, wait, did I say top of the seventh? I meant top of the eighth. Loisig <laughs> is in the game right now. Yeah, he got Kike to ground out, and Devers is up right now. He's got a 2-1 count on him. We'll see how this game ultimately ends up. I will, of course, give you the final score when we talk again next Sunday, along with recapping the remainder of this weekend, however it may end up. And, of course, obviously, when and if Judge does hit 61 and or 62 by the time we talk next. So, a lot to look forward to discussing by the time we talk next week, and we are getting ready to kiss the 2022 regular season goodbye, guys. Crazy stuff. All right, Devers just grounded out. One more out to get in the top of the eighth for my boy Johnny Lowe, who I cannot say enough has definitely been back in every sense of the word since coming back from his IL stint. Wow. Just as I'm finishing... (laughs) This is so typical. Just as I'm finishing the episode, I just figured out how to finally get the stream up on my iPad. (laughs) That's great. Oh my gosh, that's so typical. Ah, whatever. I'm just going to be going outside to watch it now anyway, but that's funny. I just got it working on my iPad just now. But anyways, (laughs) 
That is all for episode 156 today, my friends. Before my regular social media plug-in and all that good stuff, I do also want to thank each and every one of you who did quick replies and voting to the poll today and was able to make your voice and your vote heard on the show today. Again, I know it was posted very last minute, just before the game started and not too long before I started taping here. But again, just a part of the timing with me having to tape here on Friday night and having gotten home a little bit late from work thanks to the usual typical-ass New York traffic. (laughs) So that's just the way that it went, and I wasn't able to post it up until recently. So those of you who saw it right away and got your thoughts heard, got your vote in as quick as possible, kudos to you. To those who did not, I apologize. But again, just like usual, keep on interacting with each and every social media segment every week, and eventually I'm going to get to you. Just has to happen eventually. So thank you to all of you for your submissions, for your replies, for your votes, for all of it involving this week's social media segment. And of course, again, thank you for listening to tonight's episode 156. And I hope you do enjoy it when it is released tomorrow on Saturday. And you have even more time to listen to it leading up to next Sunday because of how much earlier this episode is being released this week. Remember to follow me on all social medias. If you do not already, my friends, Facebook fan page, Mike Scudero NY. Twitter is at Mike Scudero. And Instagram is Mike Scuds97. Also, subscribe to Yapping Yankees on all four of the platforms. It's available on if you have not already, guys. It's available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Show your love on all four of the platforms, whether it be leaving a like on the video if you're listening on YouTube, leaving a review on any of the other three, and also, of course, again, subscribing. And if you've missed any past Yapping Yankees episodes, well, you can listen to episodes 34 up to 156 today. All of them are on YouTube. And every Yapping Yankees episode from today, going all the way back to episode one, are all available on SoundCloud. Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening to me yap today. As per usual, my friends, I have been your host, Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, October 2nd for a new month, the last few days of the 2022 regular season when I come at you with episode 157 of Yapping Yankees as we wrap up the regular season. Hopefully have an update on the historic Aaron Judge home run chase and get ready for playoff time. (laughs) Until then, though, as usual, hang in there. Stay safe. Look out for your loved ones. Judgey, let's break that record and see history that we may never see again in our lifetimes. Yankees, let's clinch that division officially. And to you listening out there, as you enjoy everything great happening in Yankee land along with me lately, like I said last week, why don't you go right on ahead and kick life's ass this week. And I'll do my best to do the very same. But until then, I'm going to go have fun out in the Hamptons for the rest of the weekend. And obviously go ahead and watch the rest of tonight's game as well as tomorrow and Sunday. This should be an awesome Yankee week, guys. I look forward to talking to you next Sunday. Take care.